Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hello, hello. This is the Real Talk SLP podcast show, and I am your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. We are going to be talking about how to navigate transitions in the SLP job world today. I'm going to just, it's going to be a big discussion about transitioning. You know, let me just picture this. Have you ever had a transition from maybe high school to a preschool setting or maybe preschool to middle school setting, or maybe you're back at elementary and you just came, you're entering an elementary setting and you're coming from, you know, the hospital setting and you're like, what in the world is happening? I'm excited. I'm nervous. I also am hoping and praying that I know what I'm doing, right? Or maybe you have transitioned to a whole new school district or you're in a private practice. I mean, the transitioning can really sometimes feel very drastic because we are in a very big field with a lot of wonderful opportunities. I've been through a lot of transitions in my career because of just a variety of reasons, you know, moving um, or realizing like one school wasn't fitting right, but my most ideal setting that I wanted wasn't available. So I, I took whatever I thought would be the next best fit. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm doing high school for a year, you know, and it's not like, Many of us, we are very, very talented. We are multi-passionate. We can, we're like, we can do anything. And I realized through that transition times when I had to do ages that I wasn't really like, that wasn't what I envisioned for myself. I knew I could do it. But after those experiences, I was like, no, I like elementary. And then there's some of you who are like, no, I just want preschool, please. And then there's others out there that you're like, if I have to work with another three-year-old, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I And you only want middle school kids. I mean, and we, we do. We have those preferences. And I think that goes back to our skill sets and our personalities and our styles and, and just the God-given talents that we've been given. It's like we all, we all have our areas where it's like, oh, I know I'm really good at that. But I really need some help in this area. <laughs> Can you relate? Anyway, we're going to be talking about how to navigate transitions. And I'll share a little bit about some of the transitions that I've gone through. And of course, I'm going to sing you a little song. I have a song for the, for the episode. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to tell you, I know it's the end of the year and you may be completely just burnout with therapy ideas. And so if you are in person or virtual, you need to try playing some I Spy. I have a free I Spy around the home activity that you can either send home with parents. It comes with a handout that gives them eight different speech and language goals that they can cover with while playing I Spy. But I also have a, a larger resource for I Spy around the home 
that has visual supports. It has 11 different types of games. Like you can go on an adjective ice spy hunt, an outdoor ice spy hunt, you know, categories, noun functions, all these different types of hunts. But it also has visual support. So your students that are visual learners, when you're trying to reduce the cognitive load a little bit and get them to engage more with the activity, they have the visual support there. It has parent handouts. And, and I'm also making um, speech sound sets so you can have cards and hide them around and go on I Spy speech and phonology hunts. Doesn't that sound like fun? Sometimes just getting out of the norm. So you can either do this virtually by giving, you know, emailing the parent the game cards and doing it over the computer, or you can, you know, do it in your speech room and get out of that rut. You know, when you're in a rut and you're just like, all I do is worksheets or all I've been doing lately is flashcardy kind of stuff or just, or I could just tell the kids are, they've been working really hard and they're just kind of burnt out, but I just don't want to play a filler game. I want our sessions to be meaningful. And so I spy can fill that and it can create some movement. It can create just that spark again, that like language therapy, speech therapy is fun and we can be productive and they have no idea that you're doing that. So I will link to that in my show notes, or you can check out my store, uh, the dabbling speechy on teachers pay teachers and just search I spy and you will find lots of goodies there, but let's talk about transitioning. Shall we, shall we talk about it? Um, okay. So my song of the week is this song by Sarah Bareilles and it's let the rain and that album, when I first started, listening to it. I really, really liked it. I like Sarah Bareilles. I think she's a good songwriter. And if you haven't noticed, guys, (laughs) I live my life through song lyrics and songs. But I think this song I connected with on you know, a lot of reasons because I do like the rain. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. And I liked, I just have childhood memories of wanting to be outside in my rollerblades with my raincoat in the rain. I just liked the way the rain felt. I liked the, the smell of the earth. Um, and the quietness of the outdoors when it rains, because everyone seems to just want to be hunkered in. And I just, I kind of like, being just being wet and exploring. And it's just really calming for me. Um, and so her song that she wrote, she did a little webisode on YouTube about the song. And she just had said that the song came about because she was just in a time where she was really scared out of her mind and filled with a lot of insecurities about herself. And through the song process and what it meant was the only way to get past her insecurities or just the struggles and the doubts um, was to embrace them. And when, when she's saying, I want to let the rain come down, I want to let the rain come down. That that's kind of how the song goes. You should go listen to it. It's, it's really about letting the rain come and wash things clean in a way, making brand new ground. That's part of the lyric, like make a brand new ground. You know, when it rains, the dirt washes away and things are, are new again. Right. And, and that's what starting sometimes a new job can feel like. It's, it's just this process of a new start and, 
in the in the beginning it can be very messy and muddy but once the water kind of settles after the rain you you see some like either beautiful vegetation starts growing or things have cleared away and it's you know you know what it's like after a, a good rain it just seems like the sun shines a little bit more there, there's glistening on the flowers and we sometimes have to go through transitions. Sometimes they happen naturally. Sometimes we pick our transition, shall we say. And when we go through it, we have to make new ground in our circumstances. And so at the time when this song really was resonating with me, I had been in a district for, I think about like at least seven or eight years. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and think it through. But through that time, I remember I started out and I kind of just took whatever I, whatever they gave me. And after doing that for a semester, when I had, (laughs) you can go back and listen to episode number one about my speech room that I had. After having a very interesting experience, I was like, is there any other settings available (laughs) or any other sites. (laughs) And at that time, I then took a um, middle school and I took a high school. And I, yeah, I did take a middle, no, I took, yeah, I think I did take the middle school and high school then after that, because, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to take the high (sighs) school. I can't remember if it was the other way around. I know I took a middle school and I think I took the tr- my charters and I had to go to all these different charter sites and I just didn't want to drive around all the time doing that. So one, two days a week, I was at one site and then the other two days I was at two main sites, but then I had also had other charters that I'd have to see one or two kids at. So I just, it was too much, right? And so for me, I could have probably stayed another year there, but I just was willing to take that transition leap because I just, I knew it wasn't a perfect fit for me and I was trying to look for something else. So then that following year, I took the middle school and high school and, and I did that. And there were some things I really liked about it, but, um, (laughs) at the end of the day, they started school at seven 30 and that just wasn't going to, fly for me. Okay. I just, I just realized, you know, that is a little too early for me. And I, I got through it. Um, I learned a lot of cool things about that setting and the students I worked with and everything, but then an elementary position opened up. So I got to keep my middle school site and do an elementary site. And And I did that for another year. And then another elementary site opened up and I was like, that's my dream. And I knew it was a good site because my master clinician worked there and I was like, I got to take that site. So I ended up being at two elementary sites for about three or four years. And, and then at the end of that, that those third or fourth year, I was just burnt out. I was tired of having a really, really high caseload. Um, and I, it didn't feel like our district was going to do anything about that. And we, and we, as a speech department had really been advocating for better workloads and a new job and a new district came about. It was better pay. And, and that was hard to beat because my district paid really well. Um, they promised me a caseload of 55. They said, I, you know, I, I did have to transition back to middle school, which I was kind of like, I don't want to go back there. It, I've always had this, 
I don't want to say love hate because I like I like the students, but I think I need the hugs from the little five year olds and the, and the other kids that think I'm cool. Once they once you hit middle school, they they just they don't think you're cool anymore, and it and sometimes it it can it, it can be a tough road. <laughs> So, but I do, I, I do miss my middle school kids now that I've been, I haven't been doing middle school for, for many years now and I miss them. Um, but the, you know, I'd have to transition back to the junior high and I was going to be able to do a really cool collaborative service model and going into the life skills classrooms. So I was really excited at the opportunity, like, okay, if I'm in the middle school setting, I'm going to get to do some really cool stuff that I have always wanted to do. And I was like, maybe this is, this is going to be great. I like trying new things. So I, I was excited about a lower caseload, a better paying job. Um, I was going to have to commute a little bit more. So there were things that I'm like, okay, I don't know how this is going to feel. And I was definitely in a transition when I started. I knew that I, I'm supposed to be joyful about this. I'm supposed to be so excited that like I have this great paying job. And really when I started, the first three months was really hard and it was not natural. Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like it was hard because I was getting into controversies or anything with staff members, but it was just, it was really hard because, um, I'm trying, I was trying to build my relationships with staff and that takes a lot of work. It's not just like I'm building with one new staff member. It's like, I'm building with a lot of new staff members, you know? And then on top of that, there's always friendships and clicks and, you know, you're trying to navigate like what are the dynamics of the school. You also, when you go to, especially like a middle school or high school, you feel like no one knows who you are. You know, I, I, I don't want to be mistaken for the substitute teacher. I want people to know who I am. And you walk in this school and you're like, nobody knows who I am. And there were times where I was even you know, people thought I was a substitute. And so I don't like that feeling. I want to, I want people to know who I am. And, but yet at the same time, it's really overwhelming. Like, how do I start telling people who I am? Um, and, and then when I was with, you know, starting my relationships with my middle school students, I was definitely like taken aback. Cause I'm like, they don't, they don't like me. <laughs> they don't think I'm cool. And I mean, just to name a few things that happened, I made one girl cry because I told her, hey, I'm going to have to take you out of this class. I was going to take her out of her elective class. And she just started sobbing because she didn't want me to come pick her up. And, you know, just, yeah, totally out of the blue. I didn't think, I did not think that reaction was going to happen. So then I, you know, I had to call her mom. I'm like, we're going to work it out. Don't worry. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is not happening. And the mom was really cool about it. And we had, and I was really glad that I called her and I didn't just kind of like, just try to solve it on my own. So that ended up, it ended up really well, but I just, I felt horrible about that. And, and so navigating the kids' emotions and making sure they felt 
good about coming to speech. And then some of them didn't like coming to speak, you know, just all that stuff and then building relationships. And I also served a, a special day classroom for kids working on social, you know, who had social emotional needs. And so building, building relationship with some of those students was really, really tricky. And so, and then, and some of my other kids just were, they didn't like coming or, you know, I just would, I just felt like I was hitting a lot of roadblocks and I did not feel effective. Um, I kept showing up every day and trying to work on getting better, but it, it is hard when you're transitioning and you're going, I feel like I'm doing a lot of things wrong. And it wasn't until about the fifth or sixth month that I started to feel back in my zone again. And, you know, I was really liking my, my collaborative services that I did with the middle school setting there and building relationships, especially with those teams and, and a lot of other teachers too. But so I finally felt better about five months into that transition with where I stood and what I was doing. But it was, it was a lot of showing up and putting on a brave face, even when I doubted my abilities. I knew I had good clinical abilities. It wasn't about that. It was about, you know, giving myself a pep talk every day. Like you can do this. It's going to, you're going to get through the day and you're going to be able to do this and being able to accept when things just didn't go well or when I was afraid. Um, and, and so over the years I've had to transition a lot like that. When I um, moved, our family moved, I had to move to a new district and start all over. Then I went part-time and, you know, that district only took full-time employees. So I had to go to my old district and be like, Hey, can I work a couple of days a week? And I had to transition again with new teams and staff. And, and even as a pretty seasoned SLP, I have confidence. I've learned a lot, especially with push-in therapy and collaborative services where I, I do, I've built up a confidence there, but even then it's like, it's like a whole new ball game. It's a whole new crew. And you feel sometimes like you're starting all over again. And, and so what I want to tell you is if you are in a transition like that, where you're excited, you're nervous, you're feeling doubtful, um, or you're really, or maybe the transition has been not so great. Like you're having a lot of issues maybe with staff or with just how things are going. Um, you know, some of the things that I have done when I'm in a hard transition with jobs is I like to keep it simple. And this is what I typically have had to do. I've been forced to do over the years that I've transitioned to do to different jobs is that in the beginning of the year for the first two months, um, if it hasn't been prepped, you know, I, I can't grab it off the shelf. So if I can grab something off the shelf and make it extra fun, great. But if not, I keep it simple. Simple is always effective and efficient. And so you may see some of my materials that I make for my stores and for you guys. And you guys, those are the products and the resources that you're purchasing so that you can save yourself time and stress. So I put myself at a higher standard when I'm creating that it is the best for you, right? But when it comes down to 
what I'm going to do in therapy if I didn't have that material. It's simple. <laughs> it's simple. Okay. And it's effective and, and simple does not mean not good therapy materials. Okay. And, and that is what I do. I reduce my own cognitive load. I make it to be effective. Um, I'll grab a book off the shelf. You know, if I need to do, have a mixed group, you know, I, I will keep it simple. And I do that until I start to feel like, okay, I've gotten through this hard patch. Now I can add in a little something more, or you know what? I'm starting to feel in a rut. I need to rejuvenate my myself. I'm going to try maybe doing a craft once a month because I want to do it and it's fun. Okay. And it's going to help me get, you know, get engagement with my kids. So that is my first tip for when you are in a hard transitioning season. My second tip is to take care of your needs. Um, and that might mean you don't get to do fun stuff. <laughs> and what I mean by that, especially everyone out there that have uh, children or you have other responsibilities, you know, when I'm always like this, when I'm in a hard transition, I'm always looking at you like people with no kids going, oh man, you get to come home and you can take a nap or you can go out to happy hour and stay for a whole two hours, or you can go on an afternoon jog and just enjoy everything and have no care in the world. Like, (laughs) you know how you get that, like the grass is greener on the other side kind of syndrome situation. Sometimes that is how, you know, when I'm in a hard transition, I'm like, it must be so nice. And, and, you know, and for me, because I have kids, when I'm in a really hard transition, a lot of times that means that I have to go to bed on time. I cannot stay up late doing whatever I want um, because I know I'm going to have to get up early to get things moving in the house um, and I need my sleep. Um, Another example of taking care of my needs during a hard transition is having my lunch ready the night before or having to meal prep or making sure that we have like a dinner kind of planned out for the week or at least a few meals of the week, or I lay my clothes out the night before, you know, and I have to go make sure I go work out. Those are the things that I need to take care of, care of. Those need to be taken care of. I have to manage my stress. And so sometimes that means I don't get to go out with my friends when I want to, because I really need to get my sleep every night. And so I just try to remind myself that this is a season. Of course, I think, you know, spending time outside the house with your friends and on all that, those kinds of outlets are definitely part of taking care of your needs. But some, but when I, for my particular situation, you know, with a family, like sometimes I don't get, I can't go out (laughs) three times a week to let, to blow off some steam, but maybe once a month I can really like go, you know what, mom and I, I'm going to go. Um, and so I just have to, you got to judge, like, is this going to drain my energy or is this going to help conserve my energy? Um, you know, am I intaking social media right now during this hard transition? 
or should maybe I just go read a book, you know? And, and every time that I deplete my, my battery during hard seasons, I usually end up getting like a cold or sick or I just, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm not really fun to be around or I'm annoying, you know, I'm bitter and not in a great mood a lot. So those are the things that have helped me with, with, with just moving through a transition because we can't sometimes get out of them. We have to push through them. And in the end, when we get through them, we usually come out and say, you know what? I am stronger. I am, (laughs) I am tougher. I, I learned something. And when we don't necessarily, we know, you know, even if it was a not so great transition, we know what we don't want to do again, or we know where we don't want to work again. Right. (laughs) Um, and last but not least, and I've had to do this over the years because a lot of times when, like, especially when I went part-time, I was covering two different schools. I was supporting SLPs with their full-time caseload. So I was covering, you know, two classrooms at one site, uh, one day a week, and then another classroom, another day a week. So you're, you're, we're talking about like having to build relationships with all new teams. And I already know my big goals. I already know what I want to have happen in those classrooms and how I want to coach the help coach and consult with the teachers and, and be a part of their classroom environment, um, as much as I can. But I know that coming in like, you know, a steamroller going, Hey, here I am. I'm the communication expert (laughs) can be a little bit overwhelming, right? For a variety of reasons that we could talk about in another episode. So when I'm building new teams or I'm transitioning through something and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this, this, and this, and I am never going to get there. Um, It's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to get defeated and think that it's never going to happen or you're never going to get to that place where, you know, something seems um, easier. Like one year I streamlined my, you know, uh, assessment procedures and I streamlined, you know, how I do my scheduling so that I could make it easier to do every week. So those were like those were big goals that I had. That was just one year where I was like feeling very overwhelmed with paperwork and all that stuff. So I had big goals, but I focused on taking small, actionable steps to reach that goal. So instead of freaking out that, oh my gosh, I don't have a good assessment procedure. Instead, I said, what is missing in this process that is making me frazzled and stressed out? And so, or what can I do to help streamline that a little bit? Well, I can go and sit my booty down and look over my calendar and plan out and map out the assessments that are happening for the next three months. And so I can stay on top of those. And so taking small action steps when you're in a big transition, and and for some of you newly graduated SLPs, you're going to feel that transition when you start in your setting, Um, especially if you're starting in a school setting and you're like, well, wait a minute, my master clinician never made me do that. You know, you have to remember that when you're, some of you, when you're doing your internships, you were only doing half the job. So now you're going to have all this paperwork just like 
bam, right at the beginning of the year. And even for us seasoned SLPs, it's always a big transition starting back after summer break because there is a lot of paper and move paperwork and moving parts that you have to manage on top of making a therapy schedule and then planning your therapy and doing it. So what I like to do is keep big goals that I want to be in that classroom doing collaborative services every week um, to help get to help the teacher with implementing AAC communication and helping getting the staff to use language strategies all day, every day, right? That is a big, big goal that we think should just wave our wand and it happens. And so instead of thinking like, oh, I can't, I'm not even doing what I want to do. Instead, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to go into the classroom once a week for 20 minutes and I'm just going to help out at snack or I'm going to approach the teacher and I'm going to say, hey, can I come into the classroom once a month to do a fun activity? Are you open to that? So I'm making a small actionable step to to get to that place where I'm going into the classroom every week and coaching the classroom teacher. Or maybe I'm going to say, hey, I would love, if do you need any visuals, I'm making some visuals the next two weeks for some other students. I'd love to make some visuals for your classroom. Is there anything you need? And then make it and give it to the teacher. And so if you focus on the small little things that you can do during the week, or you can go, oh my goodness, I have this little bit of time. What can I fill it with, with my small actionable step you're going to start to feel that overwhelm from the tr transition melt away. Okay. So I hope that these tips about transitioning were helpful. Just know that if you are, are in a season of transitioning to a new setting, a new job, or transitioning, you know, just in your own personal life, that it, it comes with highs and lows. And, and so, you know, and even, even above that, if you're recognizing like, I'm not coping very well, it's totally okay and healthy to get counseling and therapy to work through that transition as well. And so I, if you guys have some transition stories, please feel free to reach out to me on social media um, at the dabbling speechy, or you can email me Felice Clark at the dabbling speechy and share the tips and things that you did to get through those seasons, um, of, of transition. And I know for myself, a lot of times I had to find myself relying on my relationship with Jesus and laying it at his feet because Whenever I try to do it on my own energy and my own strength, I always kind of would fall short. And when I would I when I let my when I let the burden be laid down on Jesus and I came to him and prayed to him, I was able to uh, push through and see God get glory from it. And I was able to get through that time. So anyways, I hope you have a great rest of your week. As always, be the SLP that every kid wants to see and stay inspired until next week. Uh.